Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, everyone. Hello. Hi. Hello, yes. We've got a lady. Thank you. Got, we, oh, two ladies. Excellent. Have we all bought our Three tickets? Ladies. Have we all bought our tickets? Are you all legally allowed to be here? It's like the worst place to sneak in. Right? <laughs> of any yeah. podcast ever, this might be the one that they're really chancing their arms. Yeah. Yeah, can, we make sure, can we close the doors at the back? Because you know, we've got all sorts going on here. Whips, chains, the lot. Uh, Copenhagen gonna, is a safe word, by the thank way. Thank you very much. Oh, that's Tommy's, actually. We're just going to quickly line the room with polythene and we'll be underway. Thank you, David. Uh, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Esquire Townhouse. Uh, I'm David Flatman. This I'm, is Tom Shanklin. Uh, I'll do that. I'm right. Tom Shanklin. All right, Tom. Hi, Dave. Um, and we do a, as you guys will know, we do a podcast. We do a rugby-centric podcast, which in which, during which every week, we're kind of obliged through... I don't know, by our agent and by the old sponsor to talk about rugby, even though it's a little bit token at the Can end. We just ch- we do have any podcast listeners here? Well, presumably. Um, yeah, well done. Well uh, well just for those of you who uh, listen to this, they made loads of noise then and put their hands up. Um, so. <laughs> um, so you might ask, why are two washed up rugby players in the Esquire townhouse um, doing a podcast with a special guest who you already know, but we'll introduce to the people who are going to listen to this later on? who is not a rugby player and is not an ex-rugby player. And the truth is there is pretty much no justification for us doing this other than we like Tom on the telly and we think he's really funny and we've been trying to work out a way to get him on a podcast, any podcast. And rather than driving to the Seven Bridge services just outside Cardiff and sitting in the car park with us for an hour in the back of our car... Which I was more than that. Which, which he did. I do that over a lot of weekends. <laughs> he, he, just did, he just didn't want it recorded. He just didn't want it recorded. Uh, we've got him here. Yeah, so, so uh, there's a, there is a glass going around. If you could all put in £50 into that glass, <laughs> please. We'd really appreciate that. Uh, so with us, with myself and uh, Shanks, we have Tom Davis, who is, among other things, well, a West Ham fan, a kind of newly converted, reborn, sort of born, or for the first time, born 
rugby fan, is very tall, is an actor, comedian, former scaffolder or builder? What were we saying? Uh, sca- I did a bit of building, scaffolding. I yeah. mean, I'd have lived with BAFTA winner. But, uh, no, I was getting there. <laughs> I was getting there, mate. I mean, you've got to grab the crowd, son. I was getting there. <laughs> and he's done some telly called Murder and Successful and some other stuff, and he's got a BAFTA. Tom Davis, everyone. Yeah. Thank you. I was going to get there. I know, I was just like... I was going to go know. scaffolding to BAFTA, because that, for me, Yeah, then you could go, you know, stepping stone from this yeah. podcast was I a mean, league of your own, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. I'm, I'm weirdly very proud of some of the... I did the scaffolding on the Shard, so that is... Oh, did something, you? Yeah, yeah. When it was first going up, I didn't see the topping off party, but yeah, I was there oh. at the beginning. I was there for the footings. Oh, really? That yeah. is actually true? You did the scaffolding? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, right. And it's still standing, so well done, you. The proudest Congrats. thing I've ever done, mate. <laughs> So, yeah. Well, you, I mean, this is, this, is not where, this is not where we want this uh, chat to go, Tom, but because you're so tall, were you particularly valuable as a scaffolder? I was an awful, genuinely a terrible scaffolder. Oh, I was right. lazy. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I hated it as a job. I did it from 14, really, 14, 15, I was working scaffolding. So, Cash and hands, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's keep that down to a minimum. Thanks, Shanks. Um, <laughs> imagine if the uh, tax people are drinking anyway, it's probably in here. Um, <laughs> Yeah, we're in a library, by the way. We're in a big library in a townhouse, Esquire. Um, it's amazing. Yeah, I, ne- I mean, I yeah. never thought genuinely I was scaffolding. I'd ever be sitting anywhere as grand as this. The only club that I was a member of was one in Croydon, and Frank Bruno's parents used to come down there. But um, <laughs> it's uh, yeah, yeah. So scaffolding. Yeah, I was, I was tall. I was, I was strong, but I was, I was terrible. And, and you're I, lazy. Lazy. Yeah. Fair enough. I, I could take like a six-hour shit. <laughs> I could literally yeah. like, just find a portaloo and just yeah, yeah but you know what it's like my my old grand god rest her soul we, we, we all miss her it's like, she, I mean what she couldn't do with a nine inch piece of metal I mean, she, oh god no I didn't, I didn't mean that I meant nine foot I actually didn't mean that but as she always used to say always shit on someone else's time get yeah. paid for it yeah exactly so that yeah. was you yeah pretty yeah. much pretty much yeah um, just, you know we will be taking a break about 30 minutes into this if you do need to go to the toilet or you want to an e-cigarette or another drink, you know, so uh, just bear with us on that. Um, sorry, it's just a... And Thank fire you, exits, any fire yeah. exits? Out the window, to go out the window. Be fine, wouldn't it? Yeah, it looks right. like there's a balcony. Um, yeah, so you've got, a, you've got a bad knee at the moment. It's um, oh, so yeah. I, had, I had a blood clot in my, blood in my shin, yeah, and uh, <laughs> I had it taken out on Friday. Ooh. Which, oh, uh, look, it's, it's grown back. I know, yeah, well, my, my leg. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. How do they do weird, that? It, they, they went inside, they pulled out a load of veins. It's a weird, I mean, you two are sportsmen, so operation-wise, the weird, weirdest thing for me is that I was under like, anaesthetic for like three hours, woke up, spoke to the doctor, and then realised like, I didn't have any fucking pants on. <laughs> like, that's the freakiest yeah. thing in the world. I was like, oh, thank you, sir. Like, thank you so, so much for what you've done. And as he walked <laughs> off, and I was like saying to my wife, I went onto that fucking table with a pair of boxer shorts on. <laughs> They're not fucking there anymore. <laughs> like, this oh, is right. a weird fuck. Like, even I've shat myself, yeah. which is mortifying. Yeah. Or at some point they were like, do you reckon he's got a big dick? <laughs> yeah, he's on a telly. Let's yeah, have a look. Yeah, yeah. There's somewhere pictures of me. There's going to be some selfies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but yeah, even. Like that. The thing is, though, like you worry about stuff like what, what's he done to me when I, when Genuinely, I was under? I, 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 it was not something I ever thought. That's a fucking worry about. <laughs> no, but I went real... private. <laughs> I didn't think of all the things I was going with a serious blood clot in my leg. Oh look, a was pic- that, I wonder if there's anyone's going to take a selfie. That turns some dick. people on. That turns no, no, some yeah. people on. A picture yeah. of me with Alf. I love that you think my yeah. dick's called Alf. <laughs> 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 that's that's a- where I went with it. Like a series of the Alien in the eighties. I was, you know, it looks like. But if you think like. I mean, you, you had a blood clot in your leg, you're in a lot of pain, your life's under threat if it gets any more serious. 
So do you know what? I mean, I don't want to be too politically incorrect in this day and age, but so what if he took a bit of a liberty? He also sorted your leg out. He did, he did. And so, you know, the other thing that was worse was when I went, just before they're knocking you out. You what? Just before they're knocking out the anaesthetic. I, got uh, they put, I was on the bed, I was chatting away, uh, and one of the nurses was standing over me and looked at me up and down. He went, oh, for fuck's sake, we've got to turn him over. And I thought, <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, mate. That's your fucking job. <laughs> Yeah, you could have an old lady. Yeah, get me. That's how the dice roll, my son. Did they get one of those cow harnesses and a helicopter car? You got a crane in. <laughs> Running through the fucking ward. We'll yeah. be back up here. It's tipping. It's, it's a tipping. fucking massive lump with a small dick. Get in. Can I just mention if, if you listen to this podcast now and, and you don't like swearing, please turn off now. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, right. I, I am going to try and believe as much. Right. But how long were you in hospital for? No, I mean, I was out that evening and then. But I was knocked out. Like, generally, I was. They gave me. I've never had painkillers before. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's sort of, like, taken over my week a little bit. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's good, it's, though. Uh, You've got a bit of aggressive resting, you know. You can just watch a bit of telly. Yes, yeah. But then, it's because it's a weird operation, usually you do rest, right? And then you with this, you have to get up and you have to let the blood flow. So it's like every hour you have to go for a walk. And you, yeah, yeah, That's unsustainable. Yeah, 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 I've got to be honest with you, I've never done it in my whole life. That is, that I, is I, unsustainable. I've probably had four walks in my whole life up to now. It's a shame that <laughs> sort, sorting your leg out sorting your leg out, also involved a suspected serious sexual assault. But I mean, otherwise, yeah, yeah. otherwise yeah. the leg feels all right. Yeah. I mean, he'll make some money out of those selfies one day, I guess. Yeah, you keep yeah. going. You aim oh, for the so top. I, I actually, I hope this is, what I, this is my hope for what happens, is that his wife goes through his phone find pictures yeah. with him playing with your genitals giant, tiny penis and like <laughs> Billy this I don't think his name was Billy but this is over I'm out of here yeah 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 you'd be, who going, is you'd be going out the Shetland pony who is she behind Sorry, my back <laughs> but you're alright you're cracking on alright yes right. I'm, I'm getting through life okay now right now what we're gonna we are Shanks and I are very very well prepped and professional before these things so we've got a lot of you won't know, listening to this at home, uh, all of you listeners, you won't know, but we are surrounded by reams of notes, high-level notes. Um, what we will try and do is work chronologically, week by week, through your entire life, um, from when you were born a normal-sized baby to now a giant man. Um, but we, I will, we will bounce off in different directions because we don't know what we're doing and we're not very well prepped and we haven't got any notes. But um, I would like to start by asking you when you first either realised you were funny. I know nobody wants to say they're funny, but tough shit, it's too late for that. You're on telly being funny. When did you first realise you were funny and when did you first realise you liked people laughing at your jokes? Uh, I suppose at school, just being a dickhead, just, just messing around. It was, uh, I was thinking, and, and, and sort of akin to the comedy that I make now was, was more than anything, was just uh, pissing about at school and, and always getting more out of taking a piss out of someone or, or banter. And then I guess when you're sort of... I started working on building sites and, and probably very much like if you're a, a football or a rugby player, you sort of sink or swim in a situation when you're working with a lot of adult men and the banter can be quite quick and it can be yeah. like you're, you're straight away, you're thrown into it. So you're going to be the idiot that your life's going to be hell with sort of you know Mickey taking and what's not. Or, uh, or you give it back a little. So, uh, I, th- I mean, it's, yeah, like you say, it's a bit of a fucking knobby Especially when question. you stand out a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, yeah, also, I'm six foot seven. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that was... Ge- I remember turning up at parties and there was a time in my life where there was a thing around sort of Sutton and Croydon to see who could roundhouse kick me in the face. <laughs> and, <laughs> I remember, like, going to a party when I was, yeah, probably about 17 with a girl I really, really liked and a fella being, like, charged out of his head and being, like... 
any money, I could fucking man dash kick you and knock you out. And I was like, oh, you probably could. Like, yeah, and he was I'm like, no, nah, fuck, were you saying I couldn't? And I'm like, you, you, you seem to be asking me to pay you, yeah, to, yeah. to knock me out. And uh, I was like, yeah, 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 I'm sure. I was quite, you know, whatever. And then he fucking did it. He knocked me out. The did room he? cheered. I came to... And the whole room made out like it, we're like, like it was a party piece that we did. He was like lording it up <laughs> with the girl that I brought. Uh, and uh, everyone was like, oh, mate, how funny was it when he knocked you out? <laughs> and instead of going, well, it's akin to fucking child abuse considering he's in his fucking 40s, <laughs> off his fucking head. And he's uh, a black belt. Yeah, and he, and he's, uh, I was like, oh, no, it was really cool. Yeah, it was really, it was actually really Dolph Lundgren, funny. wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. It was just dreading <laughs> ever seeing him at a party. And he took your missus home as well, which yes. is even yeah, worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But who was like your influences then? And like say your comedy influences because like in sport you know you have you know your your parents or, Lineker, or Shearer, Beardsley, Scholes, <laughs> Gerard, yeah, people no, like that. No who, would, who would be like your comedy influences when you were young? Uh, I think like weirdly like Mike Reed. Uh, oh myself. yeah, I loved Mike Reed oh, as, yeah. a, as a sort of stand up and, and my granddad used to sort of know him a little bit and I, so sort of Mike Reed. But then Billy Connolly was weirdly Billy Connolly was the big thing for me where. He'd sort of come from a similar background, similar background in the fact that, you know, he, I'd sort of left school, gone straight into sort of working with him, sort of like industry and whatever. He'd been in the sort of shipyards and, and it felt like his leap to it was more in a lot of the lines of mine. So, yeah, but, the, you know, Tommy Cooper, a lot of American stuff, a guy called Bernie Mac, I loved. Yeah. Uh, Eddie, I was obsessed with Eddie Murphy, Raw. Raw, yeah, amazing. Raw and Delirious, which now, weirdly, when you watch, you feel a bit disgusting. I know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not still up the test of time, is it? No. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, it, and sort of uh, like eclectic, really, and and, and yeah, I, I mean, I sort of loved like Mickey Flanagan and uh, mm. guys like that. Sort of took um, me under their wing early on. Do you remember what your first job or your first comedy role was? Was it comedy first or acting first? Uh, it was stand up. I genuinely, stand up was just something to break the monotony. Like, I, I, had, I fucking hated my life. I sort of weirdly looked back at it and. Yeah, we'd sort of now talk about mental health and uh, anxiety and depression, and I'd sort of done that. I'd, my life was pretty much going to work, scaffolding, doing something that you really felt sort of like this is... I'd, I'd look at guys in their 60s who were still doing it. Every day would be the same, every night in the pub, which sort of on paper doesn't look that bad, but when you sort it of... It is bad when you do it, yeah, yeah. And you're surrounded by sort of a life that you think, like, it's got to be more than this. Um, it, it was just something to... I just thought, you know what, I, I need to do something more than this. So I started booking a few gigs in East London, South London, and, and just pushed myself to do more and more. So it was more than anything. It was like, you know, I, I never sort of had any expectation, I still don't, of where it might lead. Yeah. It was just, you know what, I could give this a try, see how it goes. And, and, and quite quickly, I just sort of started throwing the work ethic to it. You know, it, it's not rocket science. It, it, it is like the more you do, like sportsman, whatever, the more you do it, the fitter you get, the fitter your brain gets the more you're going to be, the better you're going to be it. Uh, but my, my ambition at the time was never, you know, now I've, I've done films, I've, I've done incredible things, but it's never, but it was never sort of a thing of going, oh, one day I'll, I'll make a film with da-da-da, no. Paddington. But, um, Did yeah. you ever, when, so when you... Been to Peru, have you? So you know? Shanks and I do, rug, rugby people and sports people end up doing lots of things kind of like this and at dinners and lunches, that sort of stuff, corporate stuff. And your job is to stand up there and talk about your sort of your story and your, your life before and playing rugby. But also, generally, it's expected that you are funny and you entertain people. And that can be actually very intimidating, especially when you're in a room where you don't get a lot back or when you're not used to it. Or when, but actually, I'm shanked, I don't want to speak for you, but I look at stand-up comedians and think that, 
all right, they're not in Afghanistan, but in professional terms, these well, are these are brave people, you but know. That was, yeah, but that was also my point. I remember the first year I did Edinburgh, and having and, and working with a lot of people who now are quite big names, and people going out going, oh, I've got the Edinburgh flu, and oh god, it's tough. I'm working a fucking hour a day. Yeah, working an yeah, hour yeah. a day, mate. You're not on the coal face here. Yeah, do you know what I mean? It's let's be realistic. Yeah. It's not. You're not saving lives. Yeah. You're working, you know, it's... it's Try the yeah. Falaraki flu, that's yeah. worse. Oh, mate, yeah. I think <laughs> I've had most of them, son. Yeah. <laughs> I had that in 99, didn't we, mate? Yeah, but, we did, actually. But, you know, yeah. really, the, yeah, and also, if, if, you've, if you've done any other sort of job, it's... You know, you should... I, I, I just loved it. I, for the moment I was up there, I, I Oh, just, did you? I, yeah, and, it, and it's, you know, always nervous, but there was a good a nervous energy that you sort of... It could never really replicate with anything else. Uh, and, and But, you, yeah, it was just, fucking hell, this is better than lugging around metal on my shoulder, yeah. uh, it, it, this feels a lot more fun. And, and like you say, I, I, I could never believe how, even now, I find it really weird where people make out that sort of writing or, or entertainment is like the hardest job in the world. I think, well, no, it's, it's that you're blessed it's to be able yeah. to do it. And it's, you know, there's a lot of people who haven't got this opportunity. Get paid to have a crack, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. some of them to just smoke crack. But, um, or just to smoke crack. Um, <laughs> that's actually after the pod. We can't do that on air. But oh, it's what we do. We're in London. It's what you do. Half-time break is fine as well. Um, have, you ever, have you ever been on stage and absolutely died and yeah. bombed hard? Loads, yeah. And I how mean, did it affect you? Apart from today, all right? Uh, no, it's no um, stage, yeah. I've just I've found one person who's laughing, so I'm just looking at them. Um, <laughs> Cheers, man. Lo- Cheers, man. Uh, loads, yeah. I think any stand-up comedian hasn't lying. I think you you you're, you're nurturing something, and I think any time you're trying to push yourself to do something a bit better uh, and and sort of grow your rep- repertoire, so to speak, you're always going to take risks with what you're saying and doing. Uh, yeah, some fucking horrible. I remember like literally, yeah. I mean, I think the worst one was I was doing a gig in Liverpool. And these girls, no one was really laughing and these girls were staring and after the gig, I could see them sort of looking over. I was single at the time and they're staring over and I was thinking, oh, are they checking me out a little bit? And sort of trying to be quite, you know, hey. You cool. Know, yeah, cool. What's up, from out of town? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just here for the night, just riding through doing some stand-up. And one of them came over to me and said, uh, me and my mates were just over there talking about you. And I was like, really? We are? You catch the show? And they were like, yeah. What we were saying is, we bet you've got a really hairy ass. <laughs> <laughs> the whole of the gig, that's all they fucking talked about. And it was more of a, yeah, but yeah, tons and... Is yeah, that, yeah, is that compl- I, I look at you and think the same thing now you mention it. I have got a really hairy ass. It's, yeah. yeah. I've tried to work with it. I've had waxy. No, I, I yeah. read this really... Sorry, Shanks, I only got a question, but I read this really interesting Bleacher, thing about um, a guy who had a really, really hairy ass and... And his girlfriend found it disgusting. And he said, right. She's like, well, I, I groom and I take care of everything. So why don't you take care of business? You know, you look awful and I hate it. Whatever it is. So he went to this place and had it all waxed, whatever you do, um, plucked. He went to an abattoir. I don't know what they do. But he went and had it done. had it all removed. And this documented the misery that followed. And it was basically like, what you don't realize is that that hair does a really, really important job. So it actually, because it gets quite hot down there, especially for the heavier gentlemen, like you and Shanks, oh, like me, yeah. I've lost a bit of weight. I've lost a bit of weight. Yeah, now I've got weight issues. It also, mate. things get things get warm and you sweat a bit and that actually stops sweaty surfaces rubbing together. So it stops chafe. It also absorbs, it does loads and loads of jobs. And basically he described in great detail the agony he went through. You know that in-between phase when you're growing your hair out? Well, that's the same around your anus horribilis as it is on your head. It doesn't look as bad because no one can see it because you've got pants on, but actually there is an agony there. So just stick with it. Yep. Be proud of I've what, you, happy of what of you've got. I've been a fan of yours for quite some time. I've chatted <laughs> to you now. 
That's the most fucking serious I've ever seen. <laughs> That's the I mean, most heartfelt thing. That genuinely felt like I worried about comic you. relief tonight. We have a little bit of a different angle. <laughs> Here's David Flatman. He's talking about hairy asses. Listen, guys. This is going to be sad. The, the guy, the, the guy's about your, just the, like, yeah. The guy's about your height, your build, yeah. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stocky build. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Funny so year. To try and draw it back now to something serious. Apart yeah, from yeah, yeah, yeah. The uses of arse hair. Um, what, what's your, what was your first acting job? Because uh, you, you've gone through the comedy, you've gone through the comedy sector now. You found out you're funny. You're making a name for yourself. What was your first? Uh, I did uh, a thing. Well, I played John Landis with Lee Francis, who is Keith Lemon. Yep. So he would mate. sort of. I'd um, I'd sent him some videos and, and he'd see me and yep. he, he uh, yeah. So I did that for Channel Four, and then I sort of the pile. It, sort of for like it's that weird thing of when I. I got like a thing called like the BAFTA breakthrough, but I got that after eight years of performing, and I was like the old. I felt like Rodney, you know, episode forty-six of, at that point. <laughs> you know, like, forty, it was like, and it was like you know where Rodney goes to the groovy gang. Everyone yeah. else who was around me was like twenty-two. Yeah. Um, but I'd done it, so it, yeah, I'd sort of uh, the stuff with Keith Lemon was really my first, and then I did a thing called Morgana Show, yeah, which is like within. Like the banking community is like uh, quite a big thing because I played a sort of mouthy banker who took a lot of cocaine and I got fucking. I just got. I, I was that hard playing that rugby role? with a load of guys from New York who work on Wall Street, and then they would fucking Skype me when they were all fucked out of their heads, going, "Hey, do the fucking character," and you'd be like, "Oh yeah, hi," and it will fucking put some money in your account. You felt like, "All right, I'll do it. I'll do it." Like, yeah, okay. I'm just in my pajamas. I'll give a take fuck. them off. Okay, Say what's something the disgusting. Um, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so that was the sort of the, the first stuff that, and, and then that was just all people you'd seen on train and, yeah. and, and sort of writing the sketches. And, yeah, and, then, and then we sort of, we moved then into, is it Murder and Successful, would you say? Yeah, yeah. So has anyone here seen Murder and Successful? Good. Yeah, if you good. haven't, you need to watch it. It's not available at the moment, actually, on it's, BBC yeah. iPlayer or, or any of the... Well, is it, it was BBC Three, wasn't it? Yes. It was yeah. And they, they yeah. can BBC Three. But you can yeah. download it on the internet, and it's very easy and accessible Illegally to Illegally stream it. it. I mean, yeah, it's there. Um, yeah, that was the first, yeah. yeah. So can you explain was... to, the, to the viewers and, and uh, the guys here what actually Murder in Successful You're not viewers is? on a podcast, Because it is a strange mate. concept, but... Yeah. It works. <laughs> you can't. You can't view a podcast, um, dickhead. Well, the guy. There was a guy filming it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we video him. Um, yeah. uh, it, it was a. It was a show where we'd have celebrity guests on, and in a town built up of people doing celebrity impressions, there'd be a murder, and I'd play a cop, and we'd try and find uh, the, the 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 murder suspect, the person who'd done the murder. It was. It was mad. It was kind of. It was Ridiculous. one of those, yeah, it was a sort of bit of a, when we pitched, pitched it, it was like, oh, this probably never fucking work. It, it felt so, like, arcanic and unique and different. Um, and subsequently, it became what it is, you know, three series and, and uh, you know, a stream of awards, a BAFTA. It, it, was, it was a lot of, it was a mad thing. It was like a, it's like a cross between Murder, She Wrote and Whose Line Is It Anyway? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, is yeah. That fair I mean, I've heard it called. I've heard it compared <laughs> to better things, but I'll take that, Shank. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's yeah, it was it was genuinely like just coming up with different stuff, like you know, Cluedo and and, and yeah, and then we yeah, and then just and the whole thing's improvised. But you have a, you guess. have a script, you have a script, and these oh, there's no script. There's no script no, at all. No, no. Okay, so these celebrities come on, and basically the way I lazy, view it, you see, lazy. the way I view it is <laughs> is that. All you're trying to do really is make the celebrities who are trying to solve this murder as uncomfortable as possible and really trying to make them laugh. 
yeah, that was that was pretty much the aim. Was it was it was it just felt to sort of have some like chat shows and panel shows and hidden camera shows had sort of been so prevalent. It felt to, it was a different way of getting like someone can be sort of honestly quite rawly themselves when they're put into a situation and. So we sort of make these, you know, like crack out. We put Mark Wright in what he thought was a crack house and, and, and he freaked him out. And even though <laughs> he knows it's a fucking TV show, was like, mate, I've never been in a crack house before. I was like, well, of course you have. You know that the BBC aren't letting us yeah. recreate. You know that they were both actresses. There's a green screen behind us. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's I, Sheila Hancock. Yeah. Um, but I, want, I want to ask about a couple of the individuals you had on it. But first of all, when you, well, something you say is like, we. Uh, we had these ideas and we do this. So you're doing it with someone else. Sort of whose idea is it? And how do these ideas become, because how do these ideas become reality and become a TV show? So you said you sent videos to, I'm going to call him Keith Lemon because that's what I know him as, but you're sending him videos and you, you, you sort of go, he recognises you and gets you into something. Then you're past that stage and you're actually having ideas of your own. Is this you sitting in a room with other clever people writing ideas down, or is this just you? And who do you send them to? And who who gives it, it the green it was, light? I was fortunate. I'd done a number of things. I'd worked with Coogan. I'd, I'd written with Coogan. I'd, I'd written with a number. Like my thing to this was, I, I didn't come in with any education. So I came into this, you know, need, needing like to know how to write a script, needing that, like to how to format a TV show. So I worked with Williams. I worked with Coogan. I worked with Catherine Tatt. I worked with a lot of good people to learn to have that education. So when it comes to murder and successful, I, I was in a very fortunate position of like the channel were like, what, what do you want to do? And it felt at the time, if, if you're just going to do like a, a quiz show or a, like a sort of panel show or a, uh, just a sitcom, it, it felt like try and do something that's going to make a bit of a splash. So, and, and a lot of murder and successful was like my, my best pal James of us drinking and, and, and genuinely fucking about and thinking, what's the furthest you could push this? Uh, and yeah, it was sort of a, a group of myself, a uh, guy Andy Brereton, Avril Spirey, and uh, we all sort of came up with yeah different sort of entities of the show to build it up. But the, the main thing was me for me was always like, how do you create something that's a brand that that could that, that's going to sort of stick out in the modern climate of television that people are going to sort of take notice of? And, and you don't ever want to use the word a cult television show. But, you know, when you look at things like Boosh, and not everyone here might have seen Boosh, but it's an incredible bit of television that they made because it made them laugh, they enjoyed it. So it's always trying to make something different, and that was, uh, Murder and Successful was, was very much that. Do you have a favourite, like a favourite episode or a favourite celebrity that come on the show? That... Deborah Maiden was, was oh, amazing, yes. and oh, yeah. uh, Jamie Lang was just, uh, I'd, I'd, I'd never met anyone as posh as Jamie Lang, uh, but as lovely. But you but can't spell either, can you? Met, oh, you met man. Mark Durden Smith a bit earlier. He's yeah, yeah. Posher, isn't he? yeah, yeah. Mark's up there. Yeah. Um, but uh, Jamie was just like uh, a joy. I like, because you're sort of sitting there and think, is this going to work? And Jamie was like the first one where you're like, oh, fucking hell, wow. He, he is just, like, not, stu not stupid, but he just <laughs> went along with every bit <laughs> You of can it. say it. You uh, can but say it. But Dermot and Greg, uh, Kamara, Chris Kamara, we were Chris Kamara and, you know, and that last series oh, yeah. with Richard Osman and, and Martin Kemp. And, yeah, it was, it, it, all of them brought something different. And what's yeah. great is that the show becomes them. It's not about yeah. us. It's about you You impart your personality upon this and, yeah. and, and we'll run with but it. But are, are there scenes where you've just absolutely lost it? I mean, how many yeah. takes does it take? Uh, no, it's all done in two takes. One, two takes. Because you, you lose the real... Because yeah. it's all improvised. It's all yeah. there in the moment that if you start doing more than, than one or two, they know what's coming. Um, and, and, you know, like that last... The last one we sort of maybe will ever do with Martin Kemp was... was 
he had no idea what the fuck was going on. <laughs> he was genuinely like... He was coming to a gig. What, yeah, he, he said to me after the first Where's my day, brother? He, he was like... <laughs> Where's Tony? Uh, <laughs> Tony Hadley yeah, rocking up going, can I just get in this? <laughs> Even if it's just the catering. <laughs> um, and uh, Martin was like, it felt like being stuck in a lift uh, and thrown up into the atmosphere, like you know, Willy Wonka's lift and just thrown around and having no idea, no he control know, over yeah, it. Because no, yeah. he's just actor, he's used to a script and to all of a sudden be thrown into somewhere where you're like, oh, and, and we changed up every time with Martin to fuck with him. It was, uh, <laughs> it was a joy, man. He, he, yeah, yeah. Jamie Lang, was, he was just brilliant on it and he's, he's one of those blokes, because he's from Made in Chelsea, I'm getting that right, aren't I? Yeah, I don't yeah, watch it, yeah. Made in Chelsea and you think, it's pretty difficult, I would have thought, to be on that show and not be a knob. In my, I would think, I would automatically think this guy's got to be a knob, even if they're not. And some of them, I'm sure, are and aren't. But he he played in this charity rugby game a couple of years ago at the Stoop, and he played against some great players. And a guy called Brad Thorne, who played for the All Blacks, absolutely. I mean, this guy's a he's your size and mean, and he was he was kind of the meanest dude in world. He wasn't punchy or kicking. He's an enforcer, but, isn't he? Yeah, but he wasn't punching and kicking because that was. That's yesteryear a little bit, but in terms of physical domination, he was the guy. Like the All Blacks took a long time to recover from him retiring, and he played. And Jamie Lang was going across the field, and he was properly up for it, putting in tackles. He was really, really up getting stuck in, and we were thinking, great lad. And then he ran straight into Brad Thorne, and Brad Thorne absolutely buried him like it was horrendous. And the game stopped. Do you remember watching it? The game stopped. It was like holy yeah. shit. He just killed a civvy. He has just killed a civvy. And then all Louis Spence wanted to do was run into Bradthorne then, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, he did. yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah he did. And afterwards, I forget what it was. I'm going to ruin it now. But they interviewed Bradthorne on the touchline afterwards. So was that a bit rough? Because he's 6'6 six, and massive and hard as you like. And he's nailed Jamie Lang, who's a midget. And he's like, you think that was a bit rough? And he said, he said something like, um, he said, you put Wildebeest on the planes, the line's going to take it down. Something like that. It's like... And he's like, this is your world, that's my world. <laughs> that was it. So like, yeah. In a way, you'd love to see it flipped and him throwing yeah. in a fucking Made in Chelsea. Yeah, exactly. What the fuck is going on yeah. here? No, you wanted to fuck about, this is my world now. I'll have a beer, I'll have a beer. That's 11 pounds, please. <laughs> fucking what? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so, in, in, I suppose in like, in, in like a team environment, right, when you're in a rugby, uh, rugby team and training and pre-season and everything, you know, you... You just try and stitch up your mates all the time. You do whatever you can to stitch them up. Um, real, real funny stuff like just, you know, doing their laces in double bows or... Oh, mad stuff like mental that. Mental stuff. Or, or Sounds a rock. Well, right. Putting, <laughs> putting DP in their cycling shorts and stuff. I mean, do you do, do stuff like that with actors? Sort of... Uh, when you're, I don't when know David Jason would like that. No. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone way to find out? <laughs> I mean, I'm uh, generalised when I say DP in your, in your pants. You know, we uh, were, I found it that was a weird thing of because working like with scaffolders, working on a building site, is probably similar to being you know in a, in a rugby team or football team. It's a team environment where it is banter and, and yeah. you know and, and you know tying someone up and putting them in a sack and hanging them over a scaffold. Um, uh, <laughs> um, and all of a sudden, you're work, you are working with, with, with actors of note. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I, I remember an actor saying, oh, it's like you've brought the building site to this film set. <laughs> and it's... Uh, Is it Julian Clary? I love Robert De Niro, always have. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, it's, 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 I, I, I did, a, did a, uh, the Bad Education film. And uh, when uh, me and Jack, there's a guy on it called Bruce McKinnon who's a great character actor. And it was, you know, 
we all have trailers and we got into this other guy's trailer and I melted a load of chocolate and um, put it down the back of the pan in this guy's toilet and uh, <laughs> I'd gone around saying, have you spoke to Bruce? Apparently he's a bit run down, he's, stuck, he's got a bit of a bad stomach. Anyway, lunchtime comes, this guy goes in his trailer and he's like, oh my God, this is disgusting, this is disgusting. <laughs> he's going belting out and he's like, have you seen what's happening there? And I'm like, what, what's happening? He's like, there's diarrhea everywhere. And I'm like, oh mate, well Bruce McKinnon was complaining of a bad <laughs> stomach and he's like, and I thought, yeah, this all, everyone's going to kind of get this as a joke. Next thing, the medic's there, the producers, <laughs> and like Bruce is standing there. And going like, oh, genuinely, I felt a little bit ill, but I've, I've not shat in anyone else's trailer. <laughs> and uh, the, the producer's going, I mean, this is disgusting. It's really... And the medic's going, have a seat, have some Imodium. And he's like, I, I'm not that bad. And, and like, the, the good guy in me was like, I should probably go over and go, sorry, that was chocolate. But you didn't. Was, uh, But the prick in me was just watching it. And he could see that it was me. Uh, yeah, it was... Yeah, so I was trying to have a... Uh, there is a there is an unwritten rule on rugby tour. I think I presume there still is. You never use your own toilet for number twos. So you always pop into one of the other lads' room to borrow something or grab something, and you always always leave it there. And you never use your own. But you've got to be very very careful because as soon as you do it to someone else, they've got a month to do one in yours. But the wor- the worst I ever heard, and I won't say any names because it's not fair. But it was Andy Hazel who played for Gloucester, <laughs> and uh, he'd be listening to this. And um, I seem to remember him. And this is elaborate. It's the old toothbrush joke. Everyone's done a toothbrush joke where you do all sorts of horrible stuff with your mate's toothbrush and clean your dits with it and you take pictures. And when they get home and develop their camera, because in those days we had cameras and you go and develop your film at home on your disposable camera after a tour, <laughs> they'd have pictures of you cleaning their toilet and that sort of stuff with the toothbrush, right? Very, very funny. We all know that. But he wants, he wants, I'm led to believe, and if he's wrong, he will tell us on Twitter. If I'm wrong, this is how the story goes. He basically went to the lengths of getting a Swiss Army penknife from town, undoing the air vent in Bentos's room, Chris Bentley, who played for the Exeter Chiefs, and he, he undid the air vent, or the air conditioning, and produced something um, sort, of, sort of reasonably soon after a heavy lunch, and laid it perfectly inside the air vent and did it back up, so Bentos had a month of cat game blowing around his room, and every time he came down, he was, he was just called shipbreak, and no one knew why, it was like, all his clothes stank of it, we're training with him and you can smell it. It's like it's on his clothes. It was absolutely... The worst thing is he got used to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, we were filming in Bulgaria. Maybe he lived this on a farm. This is a practical joke. We were filming in Bulgaria last, uh, last year for a thing I did. And um, we get to this hotel and it is like fucking... It's so grotty. It's like beyond... You know, TripAdvisor is like, just don't fucking go there. <laughs> and we're standing in the middle of nowhere. But then all the Bulgarian crew and the Bulgarian like, actors and actresses were kind of like... Yeah, it's fine. It's okay. It's fine. It's all right. And you feel like I don't want to be the prick going, oh, it's disgusting. Yeah, yeah. I'm used to better than this. So I go out to my room, and there's a shit in my room that has the rest of the room's immaculate. Is it in the toilet? Yeah, in the toilet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's two bathrooms, (laughs) and in in the the ensuite, I had the superior suite, which was saying something. (laughs) Like when I went to complain, the woman, how do you like your suite? I went, it's beautiful, (laughs) apart from the fucking shit in one of the the short (laughs) goater. So uh, that wants its back snapping. Couple of otters down there. Is there any way someone could go up and get that shit out of the toilet, please? (laughs) And um, she was like, I'm sorry, all the cleaners have gone home. It's Maybe tomorrow, and I was like, you know what, cool, I'm, you know, I'm tired. So I close the door, and I go to filming. I come back the next day. The room is again immaculate. I open the toilet door, and the shit's still there. 
I go down there, I was like, what the fuck is the shit still doing there? I asked for that to be... Do you think I liked it there so much? (laughs) I was looking from different angles going, ah, you know what? Let's just keep that fucking thing there. (laughs) Not by reception. Sorry, I was wrong about that massive fucking piece. Can we keep that, please? One of the worst things that ever happened to me was in um, in Walkabout Bar in Cardiff, right? Um, And you know, sometimes you you need the toilet, you need number two when you're out because you've had too much cider or, or Guinness and I've gone in there and all the toilets are out of order apart from one it's got no door on and it's got no seat on and there's just stuff all over there's pubes there's everything all over and I've just thought right I have to do something so I hovered right and obviously after a few beers when, once you start hovering you sort of lose a little bit and of, you get the burn of, quadzilla. Of, 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 of momentum and I've just rocked back and I've sat down and just got oh my god just sat in it for the rest of it it was absolutely disgusting I just thought oh I've, d- I've, d- I've done it now. Is there, just to clarify, is there a punchline here or are you just sitting on urine and pubes? Um, <laughs> <laughs> the punchline is I've still got burn scars around there. Anyway, uh, we'll have a, to move on. We'll have to move it, on now. Tommy, this is a sports podcast, okay? <laughs> anyway, we've done about half an hour, 35 minutes. Have a quick break, after which we'll have another chat with Tom and you guys can stick your hands up and ask whatever you like. Yeah. Go and um, refill your glasses and see you shortly. Enjoy Thank that you. thought. Cheers. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello, guys. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. We're back for oh, yeah. uh, for Hi. round two. Uh, if you're not here, put your hand up. Right, Three. everyone's here. Just say so you no. Know, Mark Durden Smith's Q and A with Clive has been cancelled. So you can all stay. Just a joke. Just a joke. <laughs> yeah. 
What was that? Durdus is looking great. I know, but he's just had his beard waxed. He's fine. Everything's fine. And a free haircut. Well done, Mark. Good luck, everyone. Nice um, week, Mark. I just want to make out that uh, we will be coming to the crowd for questions. If you've got a question for, uh, for myself, um, that's fine. Um, if you want one for Tom as well, that's good. Or Dave. Uh, so think of some questions. Uh, we want to open up to you. That's what you've paid the money for. That's why you're here in the library in the Esquire Townhouse. So, I, uh, I always love the bit where you say, uh, so this is the bit where um, we put it to the floor. It's great. It's only, we're not going to do that, just in case. Um, we might. Yeah, stick, if you want to ask anything, stick your hand up, and you can ask any of us anything you like. Um, I mean, he's got one. You've got a question, haven't you? Do you have a question? About knees, was it? Is no? that... <laughs> There's a guy listening to the podcast going, what does that mean? Yeah. Going, oh, no, no, I was going to explain. What did he mean? He's, he's in a, just massive knees. He's got Temer on the radio and describe it to him. He's in a pair of jeggings and his knees, uh, I've got, he's got ripped rip jeans. It's you funny. perfect knees, by the way. Yeah, they're yeah. lovely knees. They're My knees don't look like that. They don't anything like that. But I, I look at this guy, it's funny because just before you said this guy's got a question, well, I, have to take I, a photo I clocked him walking over Mish, and I didn't see the, the holes in the jeans and the cool stuff. I thought to myself, is this guy real? Like the hair, the teeth, the face. I mean, let's, let's looks describe like him. The knees aren't even the highlight. No. He's pretty amazing all over. The whole it's setup. Fa- I mean, like... that would be the fucking shit stick of all fucking shit sticks <laughs> if you were born with amazing knees, but you were like <laughs> so hideous that you had to sort of go, hey, um, can I get you a drink? <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> Have you seen my knees? <laughs> Have a look at these. Get these. Get your laughing gear around these. But this guy we're talking to, do you, I don't know if you have a question or not, but it, it uh, is... Do you have a, hold on. Do you have a name to start with? It's got... Matt. Matt. Are you an Matt. Australian? Yeah. He's an Aussie as well. I knew. Oh. Do you like go surfing and when you're at home, you just like walk around in bare feet and be cool? Uh, yeah, Up yours, mate. <laughs> let me, let me and he's on got blonde highlights as well. Uh, do you have a surname just so people like listen? To uh, yeah. Gambling. That's the most. Gambling. I thought you wouldn't have a surname. You'd just be called <laughs> yeah. Matt. What? Do you like, have a surname? You own that name. No, his so name's Matinho. Yeah. Matinho. He's not going to need one. Like Seal. Just call him Matt, like Pele. <laughs> M- McLovin. Madonna. Um, have you Matt, actually got Matt a question to ask from Australia? So, no, there's yeah. no question. You're just embarrassing you for. I feel. I feel like a because once is an incident. Sort of doing it twice or three times is bullying, and I feel like we're now bullying this guy. But I the, think he'll get over it. But yeah, what I would looking say at is, us going, you know, when everyone's like, yeah. what do you do if someone's bullying you? You turn around and you smack them one. We will kick the shit out of you, mate, if you touch us. Okay, so we, <laughs> just we, won't, a, we won't. We won't. We've got to all bar one after what he, <laughs> bloody clean up. Um, we've got to make himself feel better by having sex with all our wives. <laughs> <laughs> Again, as long as I can watch, I don't mind. Um, but but just drawing it back now. Um, what what are you up to now then? So what what are the latest projects that you're you're doing now? Murder successful was amazing. It success, Bill. Well done. Um, where, where, I thought you were writing where, in the break. Well done, well done on the well done on the old, <laughs> well done on the old BAFTA lad. Yeah. Uh, what what are your plans now? Um, well, Not I started a, a production company with, uh, with the guys who I made Murder and Successful with. Okay. So uh, we're working on a number of things. It's sort of a thing where we have the, oh, the guys had a go at me about how I hold my mic. Um, uh, he said, hold it like a penis. Um, <laughs> at the end, like a spider. Yeah, I was like, who holds a dick like this? <laughs> That's just impossible I mean, there's me. a doctor somewhere going... <laughs> you can't hold it in your teeth. That's how I hold it. How, how am I going to do a show just, like this? Just behind your ear. I'll put it behind my ear. I always do a little Burt Reynolds or Tom Selleck like this. 
That's how I do it. Anyway, carry on. Um, That's disgusting. Carry on. So, yeah, we're working on a number of... of, of I'm writing a number of, of projects at the moment. Um, it's not a pepper so grinder, Shanks. It's a pepper You're trying to make eye contact. Um, you're an amazing physical comedian. You're lost on podcasts. Um, just you're making reference to Shanks now. The night walker. Yeah. The night walker. Okay. Um, so yeah, yeah, we're writing a number of um, of things. Uh, we're, I'm writing, yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's a, I'm in that weird place where I can't really. I'm not. I can't talk about so much of it. With murder and successful, we're talking about taking to the states and uh, um, yeah, which Ooh. is cool. And um, yeah, writing a what. You know, a drama for for Sky, and uh, which is sort of a bit so of a serious. The yeah, I mean, it's got an element of comedy. It's sort of set around the uh, the America after the Civil War. Abraham Lincoln opened up uh, sort of the most of America to uh, the Homestead Agreement, and people from all around the world sort of came to America. It was a sort of beginning, in a sense, of the American dream, but brought a lot of sort of crime and a lot of sort of you know the racial aggression that you see now. So, yeah, it's a bit of a sort of turn away from what we've done before, but it's been a lot of fun researching that right fun? now. Is yeah. it always comedy, do you think you'll do, or do you think you'll do a lot of sort of serious dramas? Uh, I, I, I like, shit I'd, as well. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make a lot of shit. I've won a BAFTA now, so I'm going to add to You can oblige me that. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I love making comedy. It's, it's, so we, we, you know, we, we've just done a thing uh, with BBC One, so hopefully that goes. And, yeah, so we're... As a company, yeah, we, we, like, we like making people laugh. It's a, we live in very turbulent times. Um, I think it's fair to say, as an expert, the world is a little bit fucked. Um, <laughs> and it's nice to sort of, uh, you know, give someone a little bit of escapism and something yeah. for people to laugh at. Um, so, yeah, we, yeah, um, yeah, I'm just sort of, I've set that up. I mean, my, my, my thought is, like a sportsman, you're not always going to be flavour of the month, flavour of the year, so have a company that's not just me-centric. You're, you're working with different writers, sort of bringing in people from disadvantaged backgrounds, people who might never have been given that chance before, like myself, to sort of bring them in to sort of, you know, give, give them a voice. Do you find uh, yourself actually mentoring other yeah. people yet? Are you at that stage yeah, yet? We've, yeah, we've got a couple of people, a couple of lads who sort of have come through sort of from sort of gang backgrounds and they're writing a thing at the moment about knife crime, which is very prevalent. I got a guy's kicking off at the background. That could have been Matt. We could pretend that was Matt. Let me fucking back in. Yeah. <laughs> um, they do like uh, me. It was a joke. It was banter. If you haven't paid, get out. Um, uh, so yeah, we're, we're, we're yeah. So mentoring it and bringing through a generation of people sort of is very important. And uh, and yeah, I, I, I'm really enjoying that side of it as well. Having a company and, and sort of building that up. And murder and successful going to the states sounds brilliant. And it's like, it's one of those things like when. You must hate getting compared to other series, but it's inevitable, isn't it? When, oh, when, yeah, when Robbie Williams tried to break this up. But when Oasis failed, no, but when The Office went over and everyone's like, it's not going to work, and it worked brilliantly. It was slightly different, but it worked brilliantly. Will you, have you got in mind adaptations, sort of Americanizations you will make to Murder and Successful, or will you say, this is how we do it, do you like it or not? Yeah, I mean... Murder and Successful works on the basis of it feeds into celebrity, right? And and I think, yeah, America loves that side of things. That there's sportsmen over there that you you want to do it with. There's there's you know the Kardashians and and, and whoever else we've. So we, we're already talking to quite big celebrities, and because a little bit, I guess, you know, the the people who've brought the show from us uh, are massive hitters, the big big hitters over there. So we're sort of in great company. So we, we, I, my thing with anything is evolution. It's like we, I, for me. You win a BAFTA over here. That's the third series. It's like, where can you take it from then? 
you don't want to, it's maybe the format's starting to creep, maybe things aren't working as well as they were. So, you know, let's try and make it big. Let's try and make it better. Let's, let's just up the level. So, you know, that, that can happen over in America. Um, I've got no real intention of, of I, I like England. I've no intention yeah. of going out there. Yeah. See what over there like for a the bigger man, it's too hot. Oh, man. Can you imagine? Yeah. I find it hard having a call with them. Everything's so... <laughs> I'm not a cynic, but, you know... They're so positive. Start, it's not real. Yeah, they all, they all, all the cry themselves time. to sleep yeah, at night. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the biggest seller of fucking antidepressants. Right. But like, oh, my God, everything's amazing. It's, yeah. it's really not. Yeah, loads, <laughs> loads <laughs> of it's rubbish. on my ass. <laughs> it's not amazing. <laughs> loads of it's rubbish. God save so. the Queen. Uh, you're back here. Um, could, could you just give us one little soundbite of um, D.I. Sleep? Come on, please. Just what? Because such a weird thing out of context. I know, but if, I mean, if you want to look at me in the eye as well, that'd, no, that'd be, <laughs> that's even weird. Hold my it, hand, Tom. Essentially, sounds like a creepy, older, perverted version that's of Jason like Statham. That's yeah, why I like uh, it. Yeah. I'm thoroughly enjoying being here with all these fine people. It's so much fun. Brilliant. Um, yeah. Of, yeah. That'll do it. Yeah. So that's just for my personal pleasure. Um, yeah. So that was, in, that was you're, obviously, you're obviously a larger gentleman. Um, yeah. Probably shopping high and mighty. Amongst other I, I can get around not shopping there. Oh I've, really? Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. I find it such a. I find it such. Say a that weird you look thing. a fucking mess. You should shop there. No, you look great. You look great. You look great. Um, I should get some old uh, jeans and holes. Uh, I find it weird that there's always really small people who work in high and mighty. Yeah, that, they that, can't relate. Yeah, but it's like, why the fuck have you given your life to clothing big people? <laughs> like, that was your dream. Yeah. It's like, like you're handing something back. Like, I've always had clothes that fit me. Yeah, I was I'd one like of the lucky to ones, pass guys. that on. It's like your mentoring. <laughs> fuck off, you little prick. It's like you're mentoring other kids from yeah, like yeah, Croydon yeah, yeah, and Thornton Heath. They're just like giving Jack- something back. <laughs> everything's a little schneidy. It's like not quite. I mean, they're better now because Boss is there and, and Ralph, but. Before it was like, oh, you'll have to try mouth paren, and this, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like it's, yeah, it was all just there. Yeah. I mean, this is a sporting podcast predominantly. Um, yeah. Were you were you at all sporty through school? Uh, yeah, I mean, I could high jump. You can, you can take a roundhouse like no one's yes, business. Yeah, yeah, I was an, I was an amazing punch bag. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I boxed a bit. Uh, oh, and, I wish I knew uh, that. And then. Uh, I play football, but weirdly, I went to a school where rugby wasn't a thing. In, in, in London, it's not a working-class sport, so to speak. When, it's a Sylvia yeah, Young school yeah, of that yeah, I didn't go there either, <laughs> Jesus. Um, RADA. We hardly play any rugger at RADA. <laughs> um, but, uh, it, uh, yeah, I, I always think rugby. I, I had a long time of whenever I'd be out and about, people would assume that I, I should pl- play rugby. I'd always be accosted by a sort of posh guy in Richmond going, oh, my God, why aren't you out there? Yeah. You should, I think it takes more than just being big. I can't <laughs> run. I can't catch. I'm terrified of every gun out there. Yeah, uh, no. Well, I was going to say you're an aggressive enough to play. Right? <laughs> but you are, I know you are a rugby fan. You're getting into that. We'll talk about that in a minute. But well, you are to say that, originally we? football, aren't you? And you're, Am I right in, right in saying you're a West Ham fan? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And you kind of... An obsessive. Do you love the game as much as when, you know you did twenty years ago? No, how, I mean, how big a football fan are you? That's the thing with rugby. I think is that uh, I was obsessive. I, I loved football. I, I spent a lot of time going to West Ham home and away, and then sort of very much got disillusioned by by football and, and uh, you know the sort of nineties, the early part of this, the, the naughty, so to speak, were great. But you sort of then get disillusioned by it becoming commercialised. It's not the same. It's not the same club. West Ham certainly isn't as it was. And then actually, you sort of then get, sort of buy more into rugby. The day out at rugby's less. Conv- I, I was going to West Ham, and you know, s- you know, without sounding a bit like a wanker, like slowly 
you'd sort of you'd get accosted by the fans. I went to Tottenham away with West Ham and I had so much grief. Whereas you go to rugby and you watch Ireland, England, or you watch Wales, Ireland, you, whoever, everyone's great. You generally, for, to, to the man, you're having a laugh. You, yeah. it, it, it felt like, wow, this, this feels a lot more socially acceptable and it feels a lot more fun. And also you're not... You know, it, it feels like a real... I've got massively into Gaelic football. I'm obsessed with it at the Hell moment. Hell of a sport. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's a f- yeah. crazy, Amazing right? Sport. Where can yeah. you watch that on TV, though? Tough it's on Sky. Oh, it's it? on Sky yeah. now, yeah. And it's great tough, because tough boys, yeah. you can only play for the county you were born in. So it just takes out money. And it, 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 for me, it's, it's the commitment to, to that. I, just, I, I love that. I think it's amazing. I it think, also means you know, it's definitely tribal. And yes, you're definitely yeah. defending your hometown. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, Mayo yeah. have a curse put on them. My family's from Mayo. <laughs> they have a curse that they... They were rushing home from a game once and they drove in, you know the story, they drove into a funeral cortege. They basically joined a funeral cortege, a gypsy funeral cortege, and a gypsy woman put a curse on the Mayo team that if, until everyone on the bus was dead, they could never win the, the, Gaelic, the Gaelic game. Something. So basically, like, and everyone's like, oh, that's fucking mad, right? But last three years, they've been in the final... And like they played against Dublin, they, I think they leaned about three fucking goals, and they gave them away within like the last five minutes. And it's like, me, like literally, there's people in me are going, we'll have to fuck, yo, there's two of them left. They've got to have to fucking end this man. Their families like with picking fences round, going, you're not coming in. Like, it's uh, it's crazy, and that's that's tribalism. That's and you're, yeah, basically, yeah. you're basically like sports where foreigners haven't ru- uh, ruined it, then, yeah. <laughs> Follow, no, no. So yeah, I put yeah. my teeth back in. No, I was going to uh, say, you're going to make a scathing point. <laughs> uh, think about it and then say it. Yeah. Uh, um, I don't work like that. Uh, um, yeah. I, I love foreigners in the game. There's a guy, yeah, yeah, there's yeah, a guy <laughs> that you, you might not know, but Shanks and I know people in the room will know, a guy called Ben Ryan, who is a, he's a very, he's a famous sevens coach, so seven aside rugby. He's ginger, so I like him a lot. Yeah, he's all right. You're ginger. He's not, oh. but he's, <laughs> no, but he's like, he's like, Shanks, where is your translucent he's kind of glows he's like red auburn and he, he tans he's a ginger that tans yeah, he's, yeah. A, he's a day walker a day walker yeah, my favorite kind of ginger day, yeah. they're no the best ones for that. <laughs> they're not as strong but they are better to look at so anyway he went to coach fiji which is this big departure because fiji are the most natural sevens player in, players in the world it's a national sport the most talented athletes at sevens but they're completely disorganized and sometimes they're brilliant sometimes they're useless sometimes they're up for it sometimes they're not he went over and was their first proper full-on pro coach. They must have looked at him and gone, wow, yeah. what yeah. are you? What are what you? Are you, are you so a human? This lovely story about he turned up and one of the first training sessions, I think, um, again, he'll tell us on Twitter if I'm wrong, but I think there, there may have been a night out the night before and whatever, and it's like, how many of the lads are going to turn up? Because there, you, you know, not everyone turns up on time, a bit more relaxed, Fiji time. And the captain or the best player, one of them, I can't maybe this, maybe that's the same person, wasn't, wasn't at training. Who is it? The captain wasn't at training. What's his name? If you if you join in. What was his this? name? If you know. Okay. All right. All right. Fine. So chief was uh, whatever his name is. We don't know his name, do we? He wasn't at training, so he said, "Right, I think it was Samu or something or Sammy. Where's Sammy?" And he says, "Oh, Sammy's." They said, "Oh, Sammy's back in the village. Sammy's back in the village. He's meant to be at training. Back in the village. Right. I can't have this. I've got to assert myself now." So he gets in his car, drives down to the village, and says, "Where's Sammy? Oh, he's in the next village. Okay. So he goes to the next village. <laughs> Where's Sammy? Oh, he's in the kitchen." What's Sammy doing in the kitchen? He said, he can't get up. He's on the floor. He gets there and he walk in and he's just having to lie down. And they're like, why aren't you at training? So I can't. Someone from the next village cursed my legs. Stop <laughs> working. So 
ask God about it. Not my fault, mate. I'm not training today. It's like, genius. What could you do? What's a ginger bloke from Surrey going to do about that? <laughs> and also, what an amazing excuse have you so known that at school? Yeah, like, yeah. I live near a gypsy site. <laughs> they put a curse on my brain. I can't do homework. Yeah, right, I want, uh, can we put our hands up? Have you got questions? Um, yes. Yeah. I, right. I'll come over to you. Uh, I want you to say your name. Your, num your number. Um, where you're from any questions just so I, want, I want to know what he does recognize uh, my name is Gareth I'm from Greenwich uh, my question is what is your go-to karaoke song okay Gareth Greenwich. you know I never have said you were called Gareth no I know of all the names that I, was I've been looking at you thinking that's not a Gareth that's a Steve if ever I've seen one yeah a Steve it's a great not. name it's a I great name Gareth, but before we answer yeah. the question what how many how many male children or female likely to be male children do we think in the last 12 months in the uk have been called gareth i'm going something zero something like zero i actually think it's a good proud name it's it's like a lot of them i prefer it from dean oh yeah god yeah I mean, what, I yeah. Say, what i will yeah, say what i will say fucking see you i'll tell you what i'm phoning up a fucking expert on anything right yeah cars whatever if it's like, hello, aren't you speaking to Gareth? I'm like, I'm in safe hands. Yeah. But Dean. I phone up and go, you're speaking to the Dean. Oh, I've got a renegade here. This <laughs> <laughs> fella's going to pull my yeah. pants down. Yeah. Gareth's a strong, That's dependable people. What I, will say, what I will say with your name, there's no E in Davis. And that, that, that messes me up. Yeah, no, it's, it's Davis. A, yeah. It's not Davies. Why chuck an E in there if you want to call it Davis? It's Davis, strong name, Tom Davis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does what it says on the tin. <laughs> Thank you yeah, very well, much. Right, it's very right. kind of you. Also, it's also a shame that. Clive Woodward, he was in the room. It's a shame Clive's gone. Sir. Because Sir Clive, I don't think there will have been anyone named Clive in the UK since, I don't know, in, a t in two decades. It's like, and it's not for the same reason that the name Adolf died out. It's not for the same reason. But I, I don't know anyone called Clive under the age of 50. My dad's called Graham. Does anyone know a Graham below 45? No. No one does. It's, it's a dead. big choice. If you it's look dead. down at your kid, I mean, you're saying to you when you look down at your kid, and when you're with your wife and you go, I think we've got a Graham here. <laughs> <laughs> your wife is like, I've carried that for nine thinking? fucking months. Are you thinking what I'm That's thinking? a lot of things. Yeah. That's not a fucking Graham. <laughs> or a Clive. Yeah, That's a Gordon. A That's a Gordon. Look at him, he's Gordon <laughs> all over. Uh, right, go to song, karaoke. Karaoke song. Drawing uh, about. I, I like Stuck in the Middle with you. I, I can, yeah, I'll roll with that. That's nice. Yeah, it's Dave. nice. Um... I'd go Sugar Hill Gang, Rapper's Delight. Oh, wow. All right, um, ask me. No, I'm all right. Don't give, really don't <laughs> care what yours is. Be, What's yours, Tom? Uh, don't worry, be happy. Oh, wow. That's beautiful, Shanks. Just, no, because you could do the voice as well. Here's a little song I wrote. I don't know. <laughs> My I don't know if you can do the voice. I, yeah. <laughs> I think it's best you don't. Uh, yeah, I think it's, uh, he, he it's, it's a room splitter, <laughs> mate. I'm going to give you that. <laughs> he was Australian, wasn't he? All uh, right, any other questions? Come on. Yeah, but but before you do, or as you're about to, I remember going on the going for a, like a lads weekend, oh. and we picked somewhere where where can we get a train to from King's Cross when everyone finishes work on a Friday. So we went to Nottingham for the weekend, went to the races and whatever, and good weekend. But on the Sunday morning, we all went for a full English, went for a breakfast, so whatever you want. We all had a full English because we're bloody lads, and air of the dog, just actually some orange juice, and we and when the waiter walked over, there's about 15 of us there, and a mate of mine. Tomo said, right, when, when the waiter comes over and asks, you've got to order your breakfast in a different accent or a different voice, and everyone's got to do it in a different one. So you want to get in there first yeah. and like, uh, just say full English, please, mate, because that's an accent. You want to get in there first. And we got all the way around to my mate Jake, who's very dry, 
And he just said, I'll have a, a full English, please. And they said, would you like brown or white bread? Brown, please. And we're like, he's not doing it. He's not doing it. And how do you want your eggs? And he just went, poached. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't sound that funny. It does, because it was. I it liked was one, it. It was one of the great uh, moments of comedy genius. Questions? Any questions? There's a guy on his phone there. You were, you, did you, were you Googling? Were you Googling? Who is okay. she? Do you want a question? Who is she? It's not, right. Well, by the way, you said that for sure. <laughs> yeah. oh, no, no, we're all going to go, yeah, go on, mate. Having an affair. Good on you. Go <laughs> <Yeah>. on, <laughs> <Well done>, mate. <laughs> Just kept swiping right in his pocket. Uh, Have you done any dating apps? No, no, no. I, luckily enough, I was with my wife long before they, they became... Uh, I, I feel for people who have to... I think I, I, I'm I don't know, man. It, like it's all gone too far. If right? I was single, I reckon I'd, I could look a lot better on a photo than in real life. Well, I don't know. I'm again. I'm gonna <laughs> Hang on. Take <laughs> glasses off. This is. This I, is I, the uh, worry is you look like me. <laughs> this is inappropriate, but it's true. So I'll tell you. And it's it's not. A, no one's recording, are they? No. Anyway, so they are. Oh no! Is this about me? Yes. Go and on. me. And me. Oh, fine. <laughs> and me. Years and years ago, Shanks and I lived together and we played at Sarri's and the internet was still like... Nin, 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 I just say it was a two-bed flat. Two-bed flat. <laughs> and there were these websites that were not dating apps because there were no apps then, but they were websites where you sign up and it was like... One of them was called something dodgy. The other one was called Adult Friend Finder and we thought this is going to be hilarious. We'll go on there and we'll try and like pull and we'll write a profile of ourselves and I'll suddenly be 6'3", or whatever it is, and I'll have got a Colgate smile and we'll... And, Two things are worth mentioning. One is that, well, firstly, you would never do it. You wouldn't put your face on it, especially not if you're playing rugby every week on the TV and there's a chance somebody might recognise you, even though we weren't very good at that stage. Yeah. It was like, fine, we're all still on the telly you every week. your dad to start with. Yeah, exactly. Did not want mum finding me. Um, Shady Grafter 69, that was, the, no, no, that was someone else's, another our friend. Anyway, we, we had these profiles we put on there and I remember putting a photo on and it was like, I just got a generic photo of somebody with... Not an amazing body, but a definitely a significantly better body than mine. And, like, cut him off from the head upwards. So it's like, this is what you're getting, ladies. Um, but I, the face is a surprise. It obviously wasn't me. And then Shanks just put a picture of him playing for Wales. <laughs> Flat out. There you go. I just <laughs> Have some of that. Just, I, legally, I want to say that never, ever happened. We, um, there, we, we never met up with one human being from any of these sites. We, we did it really for the profile creation. And the fact we got no bites is nothing to do with the fact that we didn't meet up with anybody. The weirdest, weirdest thing, a friend of mine, she was on Tinder and came across a, a, like a match or whatever it is. And the guy I'd used, you know when people stop you and get a picture with you, had stopped yeah. and he'd used a picture of me and him. As his profile, <laughs> as his Tinder picture, and it's a picture of me and him like that. And she screen grabbed it and was like, "This is fucking weird." This will do it. And it's like we come as every a picture that he's got. He's like, he I really like this one. He must have thought he looked good next yeah. to you. You made it him look just good. a woman who just loves improvised comedy. <laughs> yeah. Just like, oh wow, yeah, he's rolling with some average <laughs> comedians. I remember with this buddy of mine. I won't say his name. Uh, I actually won't. Dave, but he um, he went on one of these sites and he called him. He, called, he did up a deliberately rubbish fake profile just for fun, and he just he googled like male model, American male model, and got some cheesy guy. Look, looked just like you actually, not cheesy. You look lovely. He looked just like you, Matt. So he had perfect hair, tan teeth, great he knees, blonde hair. He had nothing. He looked nothing like my mate who had a big nose, double chin, and black hair. And he called himself Steve Stevens from Stevenage. <laughs> And he put it on there, and it was like height six five, weight one ninety eight. You know, it was kind of like it was just complete sham. 
But people saw it. These women were all over once. He's like, this girl has literally sent me a message. And he's like, yeah, it's not me in the photo. It's a joke. I was only to set it up for a joke. And she's like, you're amazing. I want to meet you. And he's like, look, it's not me in the photo. But if you want to meet, that's fine. But I don't look like that. And she's like, I want to meet you. So anyway, we all went down to the Puzzle Pub in Elfield. And we sat on a table next to this girl walked in. And she walked to the table. And she said, oh, you are not Steve. She's a Polish girl. Anyway, he went out there for six months. So there you go. I always found it weird the disappointment of someone that had actually seen you and then you met them for a second <laughs> yeah. date, oh. let alone turning up and seeing you for real, like if that was a complete shock, going, yeah. fuck, you are not oh. that guy. Yeah, I would say to you, in Matt's defence as well, as long as he's very handsome, he's also very affable and lovely. He I would say he's man. laughed along, he's been oh, a real... He seems like yeah. a nice man. He's got a head of a catch. He's got so. animal hairs on him as well, so he likes animals. <laughs> he seems like a nice man, but they <laughs> are off on the walls, aren't they? Doctor, you've got animal hairs on him. <laughs> I actually saved the, the dog's life on the way over here. Well, he's, he's got a cashmere <laughs> top on and they attract hair more it than It fell into the river in London, it fell into the river. Generally, you'd have been incredible murdering successful. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm grooming you. It's like Sherlock. Mate, animal hairs, it looks like. We found some animal hairs within him. Quick swipe <laughs> to the knee, he's, he's down. Very, very poor laying floors. I'd go give him that. His knees are too nice. Uh, I think it is it's probably time to wrap it up unless anyone wants to stick their hand in the air. And yeah, oh, go, yes. for it. go for there it. We are. I'll, no, come, I'll come to you. Go over, Dave. Go over there. Go there. No, no, wait, save it. Go. You're, you're off to the US with Murder and Success, Phil. Who would be your ideal guest? And I want to know from you two, Flatsy Shanks. Who you'd want to see on there? I want to know your name first and where you're from. James from Andover. No, second name? Dawson. Okay. James Dawson from Andover was not texting his wife earlier. That's for sure. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> He's now pointing a gun at us. Just so you know. That would be, be like the weirdest murder ever. He's just sprinted. Like, bang, bang, bang. <laughs> and then slowly. I mean, can I just Can say, we all keep this a secret? <laughs> <laughs> what a great place. What a great location this no, would be no. for a murder as well. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I can imagine there's been murders here before. Um, yeah, Dr. Flatman. I hope yeah, battered. Uh, and if they haven't, there'll be loads of murders within like 100 metres of here. It's yeah. London. Oh, yeah, yeah. So many people will have been brutally killed near here. Anyway, what was the question? Wow. The question was, uh, of uh, US, who's your ultimate guest? Uh, I've, I've always wanted... I, I think David Beckham would be fun. I think I've always thought he'd be quite... I think he's quite a good sport. Good I think yeah. he, he'd be a fun guy to, to sort of go along with the ride. Um, so, yeah, I'd say him and... Uh, I don't know, I'd, I'd, I love Tyson Fury as well. <laughs> He's insanely fun. So, yeah, one of them. Yeah, he'll be great. Is he, is he fun, funny, or does he... I'm not going to say is he a, something. Is he fun or does he need help? I genuinely think I think he's in the, probably just about the smartest, as this might sound, some smartest man in sport. He's managed to come back... Two fights, yeah. earn £40 million pound in a fight for a fight, just principally on whether he's crazy, whether he's funny, whatever he is. He's basically built a whole... He lost everything, what, a year, two years ago? No one would have booked him for anything. Within two fights, he's put himself into the biggest fight, probably in the heavyweight division for years. He, and, and whatever happens at the end, he can't lose because he's had two fights. So yeah. Wilder knocks him out. He'll become the biggest pundit in this country in, bo- uh, in the world, yeah. probably in boxing. Or he beats Wilder. He, he, yeah, he's got the key to the kingdom. So, yeah, I think he f- flits yeah. on the sides of madness. What's that got to um, do with it? <laughs> well, he's I love a, it. He's a gypsy and all. I, yeah. Well, you could pay him in traveller's checks. That's what I'm saying. Oh, <laughs> oh, Jesus oh, Christ. Have I just ruined it now? Is he? <laughs> he ruined <laughs> it. He ruined you, I can imagine what you were like at school. 
Like the kid just whispering in your ear <laughs> and the teacher going, sorry, what's going on over there? Yeah, but it he was said, Shanks. Shanks, you were saying the day he was next to, he was doing an event, a golf event or something and whoever he was doing a Q&A with kept getting lost for words and Shanks just keeps whispering tits in his ear. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's a, a corporate Evans. event, you know. He kept getting lost for words, he couldn't think of words, so I just got like that in his ear, tits. <laughs> Vagina. I would like to see uh, someone like Gary Neville on it. Oh, yeah, he'd be fun. Uh, because be he's, he's serious. he's such a good pundit. And I, there's no point, well, I like the ones that aren't actors on there, so you get proper yeah. motion from them. Because yeah, he'd be fun. Obviously, actors know how to act, and they can turn it on when they want. You know, like you can, you know, you can cry on cue flat. Of course, if Gary course, yes. doesn't make it, we can all just have Phil in reserve. So, exactly. Uh, <laughs> or his dad, Neville. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. this is dad, Neville Neville. Yeah, everyone, he also uh, passed know. away. Not that everyone knows. <laughs> oh, Did he? Yeah, that, yeah, that'll probably not make the edit, we, I imagine. <laughs> well, I Google it, so, it when we're yeah. done. In, in, a, in a different voice. Whom we recently lost. May he rest a bit. Um, we could do it again. Um, uh, if it wasn't Phil, then um, his sister, all right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, his sister there. England football. Uh, See, netball. Neville goes. Netball. Yeah. Sisters, right. probably. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, the thing... I'm just watching. The ultimate guest, then I'll come back in a sec, with the Tyson okay. Fury thing, it, you know, uh, what I, another thing I wonder is, you know, you're saying he's, I mean, unquestionably, him going from being completely out of shape with nothing, two fights later, one of the biggest, highest paid athletes of the year globally, is unbelievable. I mean, he, good on him. And I'm, I want it, I'd love him to win. I'd love it. But I wonder if it's a little bit like the Jordan thing, the Katie Price thing, where people always used to say, do you know what? She's not just fit with a massive set of fake boobs. She's actually a very intelligent businesswoman. I say bollocks. That's not true. I think she's not a very clever person. She's got, got people around her, and she looks amazing, so people buy, buy all of her stuff. I'm not convinced Tyson Fury is the commercial brain that you're saying he is. I think he is just mental. Is that because you've seen aerial I, shots of Katie Price's house? Um, some important Katie Price sold loads of calendars and magazines because she was super fit for years and, and years and years. And she sold the horse box. Is that what you're saying? She's she's had to sell That's why she box. sold stuff. <laughs> Like, is this a commercial brain that we can't see? I'm, I'm just, I'm I just. I, I think it's you know an unfair comparison to compare him to you know <laughs> <laughs> probably one of the most least talented people. I think as a boxer, he's a quick. I think yeah, he, he's I, I think yeah. I think he's a yeah. talented boxer. I think whether it is, I, I think how he's played it. I think yeah, you're, you're right. There's there's no doubt in that you know, that there's an element of crazy to him. But to to get in the ring anyway, you've, I don't yeah. think box is always you're going to need a bit of that. For me. Like I generally, I I generally believe there's a part of me that that thinks he could do it as well. I, I don't think that Wild has ever come up against anyone like him. No. I think you, you take it back to yeah, he was in better shape. You take it back to that Klitschko fight, and that Klitschko fight, he Klitschko never even laid a glove on him really, and and yeah. he, he was. So I think it's going to be an incredible sporting event. But like I say, I don't think he can lose. I, I think you've got to kind of salute him to have made himself a credible and challenger. would absolutely love it if he won. Would love it. Right. Um, I would love yeah. it if we beat them. Love it. <laughs> love it yeah. uh, and the, my ultimate guest on American Murder and Success Phil, or any Murder and Success Phil, would probably be Sharon Horgan. I don't know if you've done, done anything oh, with she's Sharon. She's incredible, yeah. She's amazing. She's absolutely We haven't amazing. got one American. <laughs> Kim Kardashian. <laughs> all, right. all right, Donald Trump. There you go, fine. Oh, God, no. Jesus. Um, <laughs> or, or someone, or that, or that American guy, whatever you want. Um, Steve Carell's very funny, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Rob, it's weird Rob with comedians. Funny. It's weird with comedians, though, because oh, yeah, comedians yeah. can preempt it more. It's always, I think, as actually, like you say, it's Alec people who are, <laughs> again, a good actor. Um, <laughs> Tom Hanks. I'm just trying to think of stuff. <laughs> Carrie just Grant. saying loads of Carrie Grant. Um, yeah. But, but anyway, uh, look, I think that's drawing to an end now. Oh, another that, question. So one no, more, one okay, more, my lady. Well, okay. All right, Tom, just be, be gracious, will you, for Christ's sake. Okay. 
What's your name? Where are you from? Zara. I'm Irish, but I'm living in London, basically. We, um, well, you are welcome. You are welcome you. here. <laughs> she can't understand a word. Where in Ireland are you from? Well, get on with it. Huh? Cork. Oh, Cork's Monster. amazing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hopefully we win this weekend. Um, <laughs> no chance. I know. Well, it's a sports bo- broadcast, so sports-related question. Yes. What do you think about Joe Marler retiring? Joe Marler retiring from England rugby. What do we think? So Joe's 28. He's got 59 caps. He's got definitely got another load of caps in him. He's the sort of guy that's so durable. You could see him getting 80, 90, 100 caps. He's that, he's that solid, that reliable. Um, I think he... It's one of those things where people say personal reasons. Joe's, I think, pretty comfortable elaborating on that. And I... What, what, not what people have got to remember. Remember what you like. To play rugby for England now, you get paid a lot of money. It's all relative, but if Joe's giving up a load of caps leading into the World Cup, he would likely be in every matchday squad leading up to the World Cup and throughout the World Cup or close to it. And then going on after that, I mean, he's comfortably, they've said in the papers, but comfortably giving back half a million quid. Bear in mind, sponsorships and endorsements will be affected too because he no longer plays for England. And I think he genuinely felt like he didn't fit in in that environment. Loads of pressure. And yes, I'm good enough, but I don't enjoy it. I'm here because you're meant to love playing for England. You're meant to love getting paid all this money. And he said, actually, from what I gather from people that know him better than I do, he loves being at home or knocking about with his wife and kids. He loves it. And he thinks I'm away the whole time. And you know what? What I'm doing is stacking up caps and stacking up cash. And I'm all right with that. Maybe I have a bit less money when I stop. So what? I'll go and do something else. I'll back myself. He's a bright bloke, loads of charisma. And I actually, I think it's actually a brave decision. Maybe he's sort of the greatest showman. I don't know if you've seen The Greatest Showman. No, big time. Uh, anyone here? Anyone that's seen The Greatest yeah. Showman? Great Showman. He, he basically aims for the moon. He, got, he aims to make this massive show. Finds himself not spending any time with his wife and kids. Worst mistake he ever made. Nearly has he, an affair on yeah, the way. Nearly has an affair. Cancels the show. Goes back. Less money. Happier and with his wife and kids. There yeah. we go. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm, James, I actually genuinely like you, mate. And whatever's happening at home, I, I hope for you. <laughs> so, Flat, what we're basically trying to say, he's sort of evaluating whether it's the time or the money and he's gone for the time spent with the family um i like it yeah no it's it's a, it's a, a fair nice because system. when you when you are involved in sasha it does take a lot of time out of your schedule you know when you're training when you're playing the pressure's on you're not you're spending a lot of time away from your family with tours with world cups so he's weighed that up and he's seen his time at home more valuable than the money he's getting playing for England. tell me about so, it i mean i, I missed yeah. everyone at home so much when i was at the world God. Cups. your bed sores um, didn't you right anyway flats we're gonna have to wrap up now this has been absolutely amazing thank you so much for coming but i'd love you to put your hands together for bafta ba- winning bafta winning tom davis please oh, thank you very much thank you very much thank you for having me thank you um, everyone yeah uh, please subscribe and write a review as well. Thank you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.